lover's blues sometimes, maybe. But suddenly get child. Disgusting. Lovers say the truth. You are now Lovers walk along every night. Peace and blessings, good people. Welcome to another edition of Insightful Discussions. I'm your host, Dwayne Bryant, bringing you another insightful topic. I hope all is well with you and yours. As always, uh, peace to the planet and all those under the sound of my voice. <laughs> but today, I'm a little bit under the weather, but I know I need to be consistent. I need to give y'all, the people who listen and take the time out to support me, I need to give y'all a topic today so this is something that i've been thinking about for the past couple of days i wanted to kind of just get my thoughts together about it but i wanted to talk about the topic that i wanted to discuss today is called i love you but from over there and what i mean by this phrase or this saying is that you never had people that you had in your life where you love them you want to see them do good you you have no malice towards them but you have to love them from a distance. <clears throat> and sometimes in life, I think that as we age, as we uh, get into different types of relationships, we really have to distance ourselves from certain people who may become toxic to our lives. And for me, that's a part of mental health. That's a part of just creating a positive environment for yourself. So some of the examples that I, I've been experiencing myself in my personal life, and hopefully you can relate, is that I've had people that I've been friends with for, for 10 plus years that I've had to step away from or put some cushion between, you know, the amount of time we communicate, uh, interact, things of that nature. And I want to talk about it and how, the effect of it. Case in point, I had a friend who I considered a brother. <clears throat> and I didn't grow up with brothers. I, I, I am... <clears throat> I'm the only male of all sisters I have. My, my, my family is very female heavy. So for the male listeners, I, I, you can imagine the, the compromise you have to go through when you're the only male in the house and everybody's moody. You have to attend to need. So I didn't grow up with having a brother to escape with and, and to go out and play basketball. I had my cousin. I mean, my cousin grew up. But soon... We went our separate ways for various reasons. But nevertheless, one of my good friends, we met in, in college, but we became brothers. We played the same fraternity. We took trips. We did things that I always wanted to do with my brother. And I don't know what you're saying. Plays fraternity, you have plenty of brothers. But this is brothers in a deeper sense. <laughs> pun, pun intended. But... This guy was like my brother, man. We came from the same type of background. It, it, it was just, it was just a vibe. Like we, we, we clicked, and we all after college, we moved, went our separate ways. And I knew it was important for us to keep tabs on each other because, you know, sometimes in life you realize what people have and what they don't have. So, you, if you consider somebody family, if you consider somebody a brother or a sister, you check in on them. You make sure that they're okay. And if you're able to provide some type of assistance during rough times and hard times, you do that. So, to just move the story forward, 
I noticed that, you know, over the years, it was it was becoming more of a one-sided friendship. It was becoming more of, of, of me checking in and more of me trying to maintain the sense of brotherhood or family aspect of the, the relationship that we had. And it took a minute, but when I realized, it's like, you know, you're the only one calling. You're the only one, like, really trying to check up. Like, it's cool. I know everybody's busy. But if you consider consider someone family, you make time, you check in, you ensure that that person is is, is mentally and physically okay. So for me, I had a problem with it. You know, I had a problem with that one-sided nature of a relationship and it created tension around our conversation. And whether that, I I still haven't really decided whether that was, uh, how that was expressed when we actually talked. I don't know if it was actually like, it altered my tone. I'm pretty sure it did, but I haven't really processed it. But to the story, it all happened like one day we had a conversation and that conversation didn't end well. The conversation ended in like, no, we're grown. Things are different now. We're not in undergrad anymore. We can't talk all the time. And that was understood. But mind you, this, this was somebody I considered family. Somebody I considered a brother. And you don't really meet too many people like that. Like you really don't meet too many good people like that that you really consider a brother or family outside of your own blood. And that was troubling to me because it, I wasn't able to understand the shift in the dynamic of our friendship. I wasn't able to recognize the differences that have happened in both of our lives. It it shifted the way in which we interacted with each other. And this may sound a little crazy, but mind you, I consider this person's family. And whatever your definition of family is, is you apply it to what I'm saying and hopefully you can relate. So when we had that conversation, it was more so of a of a blow. Like, whoa, how, how didn't I, I see this? How didn't I realize that we may not have been brothers? We just may have been brothers in that time. We may just be bound to brotherhood from a fraternal sense, not a family sense. And that's big. That's just something big to realize because you... you it's a loss. Like you really lose the essence of a connection when you have with somebody that was meaningful. If you plan your life out and you knew this person was probably going to be your wedding, this probably this person was going to be the god parent of your of your child, and all of a sudden, y'all not cool no more. I want y'all to process that. Think about that. Because when we hit our mid to early well late 20s early 30s for some of us a lot of things start to shift in our lives friendships relationships with well your relationships in general but also your relationship with your parents and I don't want to beat the dead horse on that first topic but if there's anybody that's listening that's going through a shift in in friendships a, a shift in the people you consider family that's not your blood Think about that. Like, you don't have to have 
any ill intent or ill wishes on that person's life. You just got to love them from over there. Sometimes it's okay to love people from afar. It's okay. It may be uncomfortable for a while. It may not necessarily be the, the type of relationship you want to have. But you can love them from over there. My next example is, is, is family. And this can really apply to blood relatives or just the same example as before. Now you have those people in your life that say they're going to do this better, they're going to change, they're going <laughs> to basically turn their life around. And this can be in the form of New Year's resolutions. This can be just after a breakup, after anything that happens that should be considered a wake-up call. We all have those friends. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do better. But time and time again, these people prove themselves to just not be who they say they are. And yes, as friends, we support them. As family, we support them. But at some point, where, where is the line that we draw between uh, putting these people or holding these people accountable? And allowing them to consume your energy and your space. I think for me, it just being in the field, just assessing my own mental health and just seeing how other people navigate that line, that space. I I try to take my own advice. <laughs> and if you've been a, a constant listener, you know that sometimes it's hard. I made a podcast a couple of weeks prior discussing how it's important sometimes you just take your own advice. But to the point, I think that we, it's a, it's, it's a real, it's a real slippery slope when it comes to just holding someone accountable for what they say they're going to do, who they should be, and who you have for them envisioned in your mind that aligns with their true capabilities as a person. And for me, I, I, I have trouble with that because... I have a lot of friends and a lot of family members, close family members in my life that they, they all the time they tell me what they're gonna do, how they're gonna improve, and I, I I check back in weeks and months later and it's just not happening. Like not happening at all. So for me, I try not to take it personal. I try not to take it as if, oh, you lied to me. Oh, well, I can't depend on you. I try not to take it to the extreme to the point where it's like I count this person out. I still be supportive. And it's like I came up with this question um, yes, yesterday when I was discussing this with, with Nikki. I was like, well, well, what is the line that we draw as as professionals, but also as just regular human beings, regular family members? What is the line that we draw when it comes to the people that we love, that we talk to? How do we hold them accountable but not apply them to the same standard that we may have? Because our standard is personal. Our standard is for us. It works for us. It may not work for one of our friends, one of our family members. So it's that line that we have to walk and basically draw and walk. To what degree do I hold you accountable? To what degree do I allow you to consume my space and my life with your lack of follow through and I, I don't I don't want it to sound harsh but I do want to drop the point that sometimes people that we love in our life they just 
they may not necessarily be meant to stay for an extended period of time. And I mean close. They may not be meant to sit right beside you. In undergrad, I used to say all the time about who's going to be at the table when it's time to eat. Forward thinking. I'm thinking about times in which I will prevail from poverty, prevail from just a specific way of living that my family has been exposed to for years. And I I used to always say, who's going to be at your table? And that very well may change. You may have in your mind, you envision certain people to be at that table eating with you. And eating is, is a metaphor for just, just reaping the benefits of life, not necessarily eating, but it could involve eating because <laughs> a lot of us like our meals. However, I think that that may change. And you as an individual have to become okay with those changes. You have to become okay with certain people missing out on your blessing. And your blessing is for you. You have to accept your blessings. And I see here as a person who is trained and taught to help people rationalize and, 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 and think logically and plan and execute. And I can tell you, that's one of the hardest things to do. And for me, it's just, it's just frustrating that when I have people in my life that I know are capable of doing certain things and they just don't do it. For me, it's, it's, it, it upsets me. But more importantly, outside of it upsetting me, I'm conflicted in how I should navigate that relationship. I'm pretty sure we all have parents. I'm pretty sure we all have aunts and uncles and cousins, just, just relatives and friends in general that put you in an awkward position when it comes to supporting them. Puts you in an awkward position when it comes to understanding what they go through, their stress and their day-to-day uh, challenges and battles. It's like to a degree, sometimes we, we try to take on so much in the world, so much in our personal lives and the lives of others, we don't understand how a simple conversation of support and just helping someone think about something, that could become a, a burden for you. You start to apply things to your life that don't even make sense, that you haven't even experienced. Trust me when I say it, I have been through it. I have been to the place where I've been listening to a friend's uh, issues and just trying to you know, help them talk it out. And before the end of the conversation, I feel so full and heavy and, and, and drained at the same time to the point where I'm worse than I was when we first started the conversation. And we all know that's not healthy. We all know that's not healthy. And we love these people. We want them to do well. We want them to succeed in life. We want them to be happy and healthy. But to what expense? To what expense? And I've even... <laughs> And I struggle with even trying to discuss this on the podcast today because for, I didn't want the podcast to come off as, as, as me, me, me. I'm thinking about me or even the concept of the people who agree and the listeners thinking that this is this comes from a selfish place. But at, to what degree do we have to ensure that that self is OK? I think that sometimes in, in our community, we we sweep things under the rug or we just take on battles as a, as a unit. When, when sometimes you have to let that individual fight their battles, 
you have to let that individual overcome. And that individual has to be ready. A lot of things we go through in life is, is based on choices. And the choices we make dictate certain things in the future, certain conditions in the future. And we're all predisposed to something. Whether you come from poverty or whether you come from an affluent community, family, whatnot, you are predisposed to certain things. And it's all about how you navigate those things. As you can see, I'm really big on the word navigate. <laughs> like, I'm really big on the word navigate because I, I see it. I see the importance of being able to get in certain spaces and make certain decisions. And you're not going to always make the right decisions. And those people in your life are not going to always make the right decisions. I think that I've had friendships that have, have failed over the last two years. And, and, it's, and it's interesting how that happens. You can get in a new relationship and lose friends. And it's not because you, you're so consumed with, with your significant other. It's just, it's just because that you're in a different space than your single friend. Your single friend wants to still do single things when you can. And I'm not talking about just a casual dating relationship. I'm talking about a relationship where you see this person as your equal and you're equally yoked. And you want to pursue something further than just a, a casual dating relationship or basic sexual interaction. That changes things. That doesn't mean you're not friends with that person. That doesn't mean that you love that person, that friend, any less. But sometimes you got to put a buffer between you and that friend because you know that friend can cause issues within your relationship. And if you value that, you got to make those adjustments. And it's a lot of people who, who put their friends first uh, when it comes to relationships. And sometimes, I mean, you got to play that by ear. Sometimes that that is appropriate. Sometimes that's not some people build these friendships that are so life-changing that they they feel like that friend is going to always be there regardless of who they're dating or who they may be married to. That's that's a hard space to navigate to and I hope that if you or if you that who are listening ever are faced with that type of situation, I hope you make the right decision. Choosing a life partner is 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 heavy. It's uh it's important. And I think it's one that should be done with caution. And if you have anybody in your life that's that's preventing you from making that transition smooth, you, you may need to assess that, that relationship, that friendship, because it's, it's some tension there for a reason. And that could be good or bad. It can either be saving you or hindering you. But it's up to you to decide that. But also in closing, I don't want to speak too long, but I felt like this topic was important. It was important because I think a lot of people are going through this at, at this age range, from like mid to, mid to late 20s, early 30s, relationships and think people are changing, your family's changing, your mom is changing, your dad is changing, they're getting older, you have siblings who are getting older, who are hitting certain places in their uh, adulthood or teenage years where you see, you can see their decisions. You can see where you were at that age and just sometimes these people don't listen. Sometimes these people don't really take heed to the things that you're saying and you have to navigate. 
<laughs> you have to assess what burdens and what battles you're willing to fight. And in all honesty, some people and some things you're just going to have to love from afar. You got to articulate it like I love you, but from over there. But that's my time. I thank you all for listening. Please like, comment, and subscribe. And until next time, peace and blessings. Oh no, I locked my keys in my car. What am I going to do now? No worries. Four got keys. Cheapest in the city. Home of the $25 Fable Area Lockout Service. Don't stress. Call four got keys now. 910-391-9726. Four got keys. The $25 Auto Lockout Service in Fayetteville.